Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox, and I'm all about having candid conversations with fascinating people. Each week, we're going to dive into discussions on topics ranging from education to motherhood to mental health and beyond. I'm all about getting proximate with people who have different points of view, and I'm dedicating my time as First Lady to combating our country's empathy crisis. Come along with me as my friends and I journey to bring courage, compassion, and connection back into our homes and communities and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm going to start today by introducing you to my incredible co-hosts. All right, let's get proximate. Welcome back to our new podcast, First Lady and Friends, and we are so excited to continue our discussion and introduction to our co-hosts. Today in the studio, we have Dawn Ramsey, the mayor of South Jordan. She is my dear friend, and I'm excited to have you here, Dawn. Abby, I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you. What a treat it is to get to be one of the friends of, uh, in First Lady and Friends, really, Um such a great group of women, and I just appreciate the chance to be here with you. Oh, this is awesome. This is going to be so fun. But let's talk about, we were, I think we, you and I had a conversation a little bit earlier today about how we met, and I think, what what do you remember? Because <laughs> we were trying to decide, maybe we don't remember when we met. I honestly cannot remember the first time I met you, and that's silly to me. I mean, how, how do I not remember exactly when I met you? I can think I'm back very to so many. No, no, no. I think it just feels like we've been friends forever. And it And we haven't been friends forever, but it feels like it. It's Uh, It's been enough years, I think, that I don't remember actually when it started, but I can think back to a lot of really fun things we've done. One of the the things that really stands out, though, and we were already friends at this point, was um, that you and... Okay, you have to tell me what you want me to call him. Do you have <laughs> Governor Cox, your Spencer. husband, Spencer? <laughs> like yeah. at the time, you know. Yes. Anyway, he's you, always been Spencer, yeah. even at that time and now. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful to the office of my good friend, Governor Spencer Cox. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. Well, we were lucky to have you come to South Jordan, and, and it was just a treat to get the phone call that said, hey, we'd really love to come kick off the campaign in your city. And so you came to our Summerfest parade, and and that's where the campaign for governor was kicked off. And it was it, that was such a fun day. That wasn't the first time I'd met Kirsten either. We had known each other a couple of times, but um, it almost felt like a little reunion getting to see so many people. And, and that was just a really fun day. That was a fun day. And I think it, it was... We, it was like the very first parade we did with our big RV, and it was all wrapped and Spencer's giant noggin on there. Right. So it was actually, that awesome. was a really fun day. Yeah. Um, so tell me, um, I love this idea of first impressions. 
Um, sometimes, and maybe if you don't, maybe you don't remember because we didn't, you know, we can't really think back of a, of a moment we met. But um, what what were what? I guess the reason I bring up first impressions is because I had, I've had so many times in my life where I've met someone and we all do this. We all kind of, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe, (laughs) maybe not everybody does this, but kind of have this judgment, a snap judgment or that first impression of someone. And I can't tell you how many times it's turned out to be so wrong. Um, and so I love this idea of first impressions. Can you think back about, you know, your first impressions? Well, since I can't remember the very first moment, I can tell you I've never had any different impression of you, but um, impressed. And I am oh. not I'm not going to I'm not trying to build you up and be like, oh, she's you know, I get to be on the podcast. I better say all the right things. No. I'm just going to be really candid with you. And and I hope people know this. And those that don't know this, I hope they come to understand this. Hopefully listening to this podcast, they'll really get to know you and know um, what a truly remarkable woman you are. You have done great things in your life. And you, you know, one thing that I really love is that you are not just self-proclaimed, but you are a, a regular person who finds herself in extraordinary circumstances, and you do incredibly well. You do great things, and I've always been very impressed with you. So that was my oh, first, last, and continuing impression of Abby Cox. <laughs> very impressed. Till, till she hears my farm words, and then it's all over. <laughs> Actually, I the first time I heard farm words <laughs> with Abby, I do remember that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, that is impressive. It, it's so good. It's so good. I just thought, oh, she's just so real. And and I love that. And I want people to know that. I hope that uh, through this podcast, they'll really get to know you and go, you know, people take a look at the first family maybe. And I know part of the goal of this is to to pull back the curtain and let people see um, the reality of, of your life and, and that you are real people in extraordinary circumstances. You've worked very hard and you're very smart, but you find yourself uh, in unique circumstances. But one thing I hope people really come to understand is there's not this um, hoity-toitiness about, you know, the first family. You're you're awesome and you're real and you're relatable. And I hope people really pick up on that through this. Oh, you're very kind, Don. And I feel, you know, I feel the same way about you. That I think that's why we've connected so well. Um, I always talk about kindred spirits. And, you know, these friends that I've brought here today are, are my kindred spirits. And, and we've connected in that way. So thank you. Um, let's talk. You have had a really unique education journey. And and with your family, I, I would just love to, to hear more about that. Well, I have had a unique education journey. Um, it, it feels unique if I take a look at other people and, and what a lot of people in their minds view as traditional, right? What a lot of people see. Um, but when I take a look at, at the fact that we have 370,000 people is the number I just read in the Deseret News this week that... Um, have 370,000, I think, I don't know if that's all women or if that's in general, it might just be women, but, um, so don't quote me on exactly what that is, but uh, people in the state of Utah who have some college education or an associate's degree, but didn't finish a bachelor's degree. And that is the category I have found myself in. And never did I think that would be the category I would fall into. I, I always planned on um, going to college right after high school and finishing a degree, but I I went to college um, after high school, and I also got married, and our family started coming a little sooner than maybe we anticipated, <laughs> and, and we were super excited. Um, but 
I I didn't let my family circumstances make the decision for me. I chose. I had my first two kids while I was still going to school. And one day um, I just decided, you know what? This doesn't feel like the right thing for me right now anymore. I, I want to be home with my two babies. And so I did take a break from school for more than 20 years, just over 20 years, about about 20 years. Um, and it, during that time, my husband and I, we have six children, three daughters and three sons. And so raised our kids and the time felt right um, just a few years ago to go back and to finish. And, and I was excited to be able to do that. So I transferred all of my credits um, together and turned those into an associate's degree and then uh, transferred those to BYU. And so I had credits from the University of Utah and from the Salt Lake Community College and transferred those together to the community college and then transferred to BYU, where I am currently finishing. I'm a senior at BYU and and working, trying to finish, <laughs> working, working on uh, finishing my bachelor's degree at BYU. And um, I am as non-traditional as it gets, right? Uh, um, in school, but I've loved it. I absolutely love it. I've always loved school. I'm kind of a school nerd. Like I love school <laughs> and I'm also, I, I need to someday learn that it's okay if I don't have to get an A. People try to tell me that all the time. That's not something I've been able to root degrees. out of me. People say that and yet <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. So, so, I know. so I find myself, you know, trying to pull this off. And it has taken me a little longer to finish this degree going back to school than I anticipated because when I went back in early 2017, I didn't realize at the time I'd be running for public office just a few months right. later. So I have taken a little bit slower path to uh, graduation than I ever anticipated, but I have not stopped and have persevered. And, and right now it's a little crazy. I have 16 credit hours right now and I'm a little buried and I don't sleep hardly ever, but it's going to be worth it. <laughs> so my plan is to have my last few classes go ever so slightly slower over the next year and graduate a year from now. Um, That's amazing. I already have two kids that have graduated from BYU. I, have I was going to say, you have one there with you now, so, right? <laughs> Don't you, yes, you? I had two there with me. Now I have one there with me. And I have, uh, yes, daughters who have graduated from college, sons-in-law who have graduated from college. I've got a son and his wife who are up at Utah State. I have a son at BYU with me right now, um, okay. a son in medical school at the University of Utah, and a daughter who just finished a master's degree at Utah State. And so education matters to us. We still have two kids at home as well. So two high schoolers and um, just studying and doing homework is just what we do at our house. And, yeah. and I know that that doesn't look traditional, right? And it's and it's different for our kids. But I think it's been a great thing for us to go to, sk- to school together. And, you know, I, I find myself with this personal mission of trying to just let people know you can do it. You can go back and do it. It's never too late to go back and do it. And and I really do love it. It's never going to be easy for anyone to go back and finish, but I'm so glad that I am. And um, it makes all those sleepless nights worth it. Oh, I it's very admirable. And I think you are a, an absolute incredible shining example to to young mothers everywhere that maybe are thinking about going back or, or finishing that degree or even starting a degree. Or in my case, you know, I've, I've thought lots of years of doing a master's degree. I finished my bachelor's, but I've, I've thought a lot of ways of doing a, you know, a master's or something like that. So it's very inspirational. I appreciate you sharing your story today. Uh, we're going to be right back with Don um, and continue our conversation. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back with Don Ramsey, the mayor of South Jordan. Let's talk about that. We've talked a little bit about your education journey, and you mentioned that you ran for office as you started to go back to to finish a a degree. Uh, Gosh, talk about that decision to run for office. It is not a decision that that is made lightly. I mean, this this is um, a, a unique time, I think, to be in public service. There's a lot of passion, and there's a lot of... Um, emotion around yeah. um, government and, you know, all the things we all know, uh, the environment we're living in makes it unique. But I'll tell you what, I love this more than I ever, ever could have imagined that I would. I truly love the opportunity to do the work of the people. And I'm so grateful for it. Let me ask you this. Did you did you have somebody say because we know from um some of the research, you know, and we mentioned in the last podcast, Dr. Susan Madsen, um, she does a lot of research around women and leadership and in politics, too. Wondering, like, did you have someone say to you, you should do this? I mean, what did you have background in politics? What what? Who gave you this idea? Why did you do this? Why did, I mean, we get this question all the time, so I'm just going to ask you yeah, what happened. It's a fair question. How did you do this? Yeah, what made you decide to do this? You know, I did have, I had a couple of people say to me that they, you know, they thought it was something that I should do. But honestly, the person who has told me that the longest is my husband. He has said that to me for such a long time. When the time is right, you need to run for public office. You need to run for mayor. And it isn't something that I had plans to do. I didn't have aspirations. I did a lot of leadership and student government in school. I was the first student body president of my elementary school. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, so there's that, you know. So so um, it's in my nature and in my personality and in my, uh, what I love to do um, is is really work with people and, and leadership is, is in my skill set. But I didn't have plans to run for public office. I I was raising my kids, but I have um, been very involved in the community and done a lot of volunteer work. I did a lot with the PTA and at the local level and served as president uh, several times. And um, I served as region director for Jordan School District um, for a handful of years and on the Utah PTA State Board of Directors. And, you know, I have a friend who said, you are the only person I know who went from being PTA president. And, you know, she's kind of saying this jokingly because I was 
um, not a local president at the time. It yeah. was it was a little broader than that. But uh, you're the only person I know who's gone from being PTA president straight to mayor, you know. <laughs> but when people would ask me, you know, they'd say, wow, have you ever run for public office before? No, this is the first time. And um, are you sure you don't want to try out city council first before you run for mayor? And I said, no, because in our city with our form of government, uh, the mayor's role is different. I don't have a vote on our council. Our council is really the the policy makers and I love policy but um, the mayor is the ambassador and that's what I do best and, and it's what I love the most this is the right fit for me to be able to be just the voice um, for our city and to be the ambassador for our city and so I knew that if I were going to run that running for um, any position in the city that that running for mayor would be the better fit for me it's the yeah. right fit for me and what I love and what I I love that. And I, and I love that you, you knew, you know, you're self-aware, you knew what your skills were. Um, and I have to say, you know, Spencer and I, you know, obviously he was the candidate, but I have been politically adjacent for low these many years. <laughs> and, um, they, and I, I will say in all the positions he's held throughout his political career, mayor, I think, for our family, and maybe it came at a time when we were a very, very young family. Um, in fact, I think he, ha- I think we had Emma Kate when he was the mayor. I'm trying to remember our baby girl, um, and it was, I think, the most difficult because you are. That's where the rubber meets the road. People don't understand that we get a lot. We get really tied up in national politics, but really, the day to day things that really affect your life is local. It's local politics. And that's, so you do get a lot of the wrath because that you, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've had, you know, I, I was, had little teeny kids at home and I had people calling and shouting very not happy words at us. <laughs> so it was, right. it was not a fun time, but anyway, so thank you for sharing, for sharing your experiences. Cause I think it's important for other women and, and men to hear that and to be able to to know when that when you get that tap on the shoulder and when yeah. it's time for you, um, let's let's go to the funnest part uh, of the of the segment. Uh, we are going to do a rapid fire. Okay, questions. I'm going to brace myself. And- <laughs> <laughs> these are these are fun. I think these are fun. But anyway, so let's let's just head into it. Uh, vulnerability. Sorry, vulnerability is for you. What? Running for public office. <laughs> yes, right. I mean, it is. When you when you decide to put yourself out there, you really forego all privacy. You know, and I thought, do I want to do this to my kids? Now, keep in mind, this was early 2017. We were fresh off the 2016 presidential election. And that, that goes without saying um, what the um, temperament was, yeah. you know, around politics. So vulnerability to me really is... Um, is running for public office and putting myself out there to do things that that I know I can do, um, but trying to open myself up and, and help other people recognize that, knowing that we live in a time when it's very easy to be a keyboard warrior and, and for people mm-hmm. to just post all sorts of um, things that are, are, are harsh, you know, yeah. on social media and whether they're true or not. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's vulnerability to me. Running for I public office. Anyway, it's I rapid it. fire, not explanation. <laughs> so running for public office. I love it. Uh, so what do people often get wrong about you? Um, that I'm not afraid of anything. Mm. That I'm not afraid to do anything. 
Yeah. Um, I had the privilege of speaking at the National Governors Association. Governor Herbert asked me to do that when the uh, conference was held in Utah in 2019. And that was such a privilege. One of the things they asked me to talk about was advice I would give my young self. And it was to not let fear keep you from doing the things that you know you could do. And and of course, there are things that make there's a lot of things that make me nervous and people don't really think I have very much that I'm afraid of, but there's a lot that makes me nervous that I have to just press forward and and do anyway because I feel strong enough about it that I can't let fear keep me from doing what I know is right. I love that. And, uh, you know, courage, courage through the, you know, it's overcoming that fear. That's the definition of courage. I love that. Uh, Your favorite movie? I like old movies like Father of the Bride and Sister Act and... and I have loved big business with Bette Midler ever since oh. I was in middle school, <laughs> like junior high. So, yeah, Old I love that. Like that. I love that. I know I'm like obsessed with any Jane Austen or Anne of Green Gables is what I always go back to. So it's good, my favorite ever. Um, best concert you've ever been to? Best concert. Um, I haven't been to a concert in a long time. <laughs> you know, I got to sit on the front row. And my sister scored front row tickets for us. She slept out for them to Reba McIntyre. And Kelly Clarkson. Oh, and we've Reba. always loved Reba. Always, always. And so front row, Reba and Kelly Clarkson, hands down, best concert oh, I've ever been to. Fantastic. That was my, fun. My sister growing up, like, and she probably still does, um, but everyone said she looked like Reba McIntyre. I should show you an early picture from the 80s. She had a very similar haircut. Oh, I can't wait and to she, see. And she's kind of a Reba McIntyre doppelganger. It's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm excited to she see that. She got that all the time. Anyway, that was fun. Uh, favorite meal? Oh, usually anything Mexican food. Mm. Actually, not anything. Like, I know what I like. <laughs> well, I was say, you I and I went to a time. great Mexican yes, restaurant <laughs> out in West, Val- West Valley? Uh, yes. No, Magna. It's Magna. your place in yes, Magna yeah, that you El love. Habanero, yeah. Where you're from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We did. So, that's right. Usually Mexican restaurant, anything. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So good. Uh, what's on your nightstand? Uh, you know what? I have them by Ben Sass. Um, Such a because great Because you and Spencer recommended it. I think we're we're starting to collect royalties. No, yes, right? Because there's a lot of us get who a have commission for that. All, yeah. all the all the books we've sold for yeah. him. I have a, a couple of books by Arthur Brooks. Love Arthur Brooks. He's love, just love, love so Arthur good. Brooks. Again, another we've been evangelical for Arthur Brooks books. Yep. yep, so good. I have a book on landmark cases um, of the Supreme Court that changed America. Oh wow! <laughs> so I know I just find that fascinating. Um, and I have a book by Wendy Watson Nelson, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just I, I actually awesome. have a stack. I have, yeah, that's and then I have another little stack that I just got that. I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to like I, someday. I love to read and I don't find myself with time to read, you know, just for fun. Hardly yeah. ever. So I try. I do try. Audible. I do lots and lots yeah. and lots of Audible. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's becoming my friend. I yes. love it. Um, a snapshot of an ordinary moment that gives you true joy. Um, hands down, having all of our kids home, mm, having yes. all of our family home. We have and we have one grandbaby. So we have three oh. kids that are married now and... And then one who um, returned from his LDS mission a few months ago, and he's at BYU, and then two in high school. And we have one grandbaby, and he turns two in a week. And oh I can't even stand. I uh, <laughs> he has my whole heart. I would. I've heard do. that's your oh, that's your reward goodness. for not he killing your kids. So I'm waiting for that reward. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I hope we have a gaggle of them. I just do. I just love it. But it, for sure, it's having all of our kids home, like on a uh, for Sunday dinner and games and, and that time together. Yeah, the the greatest moments of Beautiful. joy for me. 
Yeah. And last, one thing you're grateful for. Oh, one thing. Um, <laughs> I, I That's hard. Yes. I, I would have to say that I have uh, such a, a wonderful husband who is so incredibly supportive of what I do. He um, believes in me as much as my parents have always believed in me, more than I could even believe in myself. And he he sees things about me that he says, you know, you should do this because you could, you can. And he helps push me past that um, outside the comfort zone a little bit to do things that I that I can do and that I now know that I love to do. Um, but I think that's the number one thing I have. I'm married to a very good man who is incredibly supportive. People will ask me because I spend a, a lot of lot of time doing yeah. this it's a it's officially classified as a part-time role but it was i had to add we up know the how hours actually the last two weeks and it was almost 120 hours that i spent just doing stuff on behalf of the city in the last two weeks and um it is the legislative session right and, and so um but people have said you know how's your family adjusted and how, how's your husband is he okay because you wear a lot of hats i find myself now on like 30 different um, boards and committees, lots of things, and it takes a lot of time. And um, he is incredibly supportive. He's he's not the kind of man who is threatened by that. He's just very supportive and very proud of me and does everything he can to help make sure that I can do that and do my homework and get through school. And so the man cooks and he cleans and he has done all the grocery shopping for the last couple of years. I mean, wow. he's just really, that's what I'm the most grateful for. Well, I've met him and he is wonderful. So um, well, he I, loves I, you I guys agree. too. <laughs> and he helped, like I just kind of said, guess what? We are totally totally on board with this campaign and he just said yes we are and just jumped right in and he's, he's a, amazing he's a big fan so well thank you don this has been such a great time for me to to share with my friends out there in the podcast world you um and your experiences so thank you well thank you i hope sometime i get to ask you a few more questions <laughs> and i do look forward to when we can have all the friends together but until then i just appreciate that this works and just really happy to be here so thank you you bet thank you don the final fourth and final friend shelly smith is here we are this is this is the interview you've all been waiting for <laughs> She brings the party. She brings the fun. We we are super excited to have Shelly here. Um, so, Shelly, we will talk about a little bit how we met, which is a really fun story. But why don't you first tell us about, this is actually your brainchild a little bit, this po- whole podcast. Kind of, you instigated this whole thing with our friend, producer Josh. And so tell us a little bit about how this happened. Okay, so how this happened is you, you, I'll, I'll let your listeners know that I was a huge fan of the Cox and Friends podcast. And that's actually, we'll talk about how we got introduced. But because I was such a fan of it and it went away because of the election and the campaign and everything, I really was sad and I missed it. And so I was here in studio at KSL. Um, I was actually a guest on another podcast that Josh was producing. And so I just said to him, I'm like, hey, Josh, you know, it would be really cool. And this was back in September. So the election hadn't. I mean, we knew Spencer was going to be the governor, but it wasn't official. And I said, hey, Josh, this would be really cool if we do a spinoff from Cox and Friends and do Abby and Friends. And we bring Abby's friends in and... 
he was like, oh my gosh, I love it because Abby's the best. Like she is, she's fantastic. He goes, you should pitch it to us. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, this is going to be awesome. And then I called you, I think, and I was like, hey, and I told you about it. And then I just said, oh, and by the way, I inserted myself and I'm one of your friends <laughs> and I have to be on the podcast. So I well, didn't really course. give you a choice of who the Abby and friends was going to be. Abby and, we, and friend, for yes, sure. for sure. And then who else? And then we pitched it. And of course, they love the idea because who doesn't want to learn more about the First Lady of Utah? And it's not just because you're the First Lady, because let's be honest, nobody really cares that much about politics and the First Lady, but they're going to care about Abby Cox because what Abby Cox has to say, people will listen. Well... Especially if she's dropping a few farm words. Farm no. words. Have you told them about the farm well, words? Well, I just, I just have a little bit of a problem sometimes where I like to say swear words. So we call them my farm words, but that's that's how we roll. Because but. you remember, let me tell them how oh, we yeah. met. Then. Yeah. So so that goes right into right how we into met. how we met. So the the way the reason we met is because you um, on the podcast you guys said, hey, we're going to do a social we're going to do a social experiment. I guess is what you guys kind of called it. And said, we're asking for people to come on New Year's Eve. We're going to Pre-COVID, obviously. Pre-COVID. This was 2018. (laughs) Yes. So 2017, probably, because I think we brought in 28. No, no, no. It was 2018 bringing in 2019. So that's... No. Yeah. It was 2018 to 2019. I was... That's right. My son was home from college, and you guys announced that you were having this party and to bring stuff for the homeless and... I said to my son, I'm like, we've got to go down there. And he's like, you are the weirdest human. You don't even know these people. And I just love, I love meeting new people. And I also love like sharing and, and serving. So I was like, well, we'll go take our little stuff for the homeless shelter. We'll take our bag. We'll have some tacos and the Utah games on. And let's just do a disclaimer. I am a BYU fan, but I was like, the Utah game will be on. It'll be fun. So we get there and somebody says, well, Austin Cox, your um, good friend, said, you have to meet them. You came all the way down. You've got to meet them. And I'm like, I don't really want to meet them. That's kind of creepy and weird that I'm like a fangirl of this podcast. And so Austin brought me into the room. And I want your listeners to understand that this is an event that you're hosting with hundreds of your friends and people of influence and people who are um, have have big positions and titles and all of these things in the state of Utah. And we were introduced to you, and you've heard me tell this story before, Abby, but it was like the world stood still when we were standing in front of you. You didn't care all the people who were standing around or waiting to meet you because it was our turn and our time to be in front of you. And when we stood in front of you, you were present with us and you cared about me and my family. And you, just a girl from Ogden, Utah, said, "We, I want to get to know you. But the reason that I fell in love with you that day, and I was already just totally endeared to you through the podcast, but it was because you used a farm word and I'm like, I'm going to like this girl. And the conversation that we had, you used your farm word and I won't repeat what you said because we are on a KSL podcast, but I was like, I like her. And I knew that you and I would be friends. That was it You was didn't a, know how good of friends we would be that I would insert myself totally into your world. <laughs> no, I, we talk about kindred spirits. Like Shelly and I, from minute one, we've been kindred spirits, and it's been super fun. We, she's just every everybody needs a little Shelly in their lives. She is so much fun. We just we connect on a lot of levels, and it's fun. Um, but let me ask you some things. You mentioned. Uh, earlier that you were on a podcast here 
And it was a, it's an interesting podcast. I listened to it. I was drawn in and fascinated, first of all, about people sharing their stories, but specifically about you sharing your story. Now, we had been friends for a while, and I knew bits and pieces a little bit of your story. Um, you, you know, as outgoing as you are, there's a lot of private stuff that that I didn't know about you, even as good of friends as we are. Um, and so it was when I listened to like, I just cried during that podcast because I was like, this is my friend Shelly. And there's a lot of stuff I didn't know about her and I felt kind of like a crappy <laughs> friend because like I should I felt like I should have known a little bit more about your journey through this. But but talk a little bit about your journey through your family's um, addiction journey, I guess, addiction time. I don't know what the right, what the no. phrase is, but yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because we talked the other day about some of the hardest things that we've been through and, and the things that, that are worth it. And one of the hardest things that I ever did was make a decision to be on the the podcast um, um, Project Recovery with Casey Scott here at KSL. I Casey Scott and I work out at the same gym together, and I, I was well aware of the podcast. I'd listened to it. I knew Casey's story. And one day I was in the gym and I was like, I, I've, I've got to share my story. I'd never shared my story. I, like you say, Abby, I'm outgoing. I'm fun. I can walk into a room and nobody knows. It was a, it was a family secret and it was something I was also very ashamed of. It was something we didn't share, but I felt that day that I needed to share that story. And so I called my ex-husband um, and I called my, my two sons and I said, I feel like it's important. I don't know why, but I think it's time for me to share um, a piece of our lives and a piece of our journey. Um, my ex-husband um, d- did have an addiction. He is an alcoholic. And for um, 10 years, I struggled in silence and kept that a secret. And I was ashamed of it. But for some reason, I felt like it was time because... Um, alcoholic and addiction is a family disease, but it's also a disease that I think so many people um, experience, but we're all ashamed of it and afraid to tell our story. So I did. I told my story and I had no idea that that day with Josh and Matt and Casey, it did two things that day. It was the most um, healing thing that happened and it was very freeing because like you, Abby, my friends were like, are you kidding me? I had no idea. And nobody did. I mean, you know, a few friends and family members, but nobody nobody knew that part of my journey. And what it also has done is opened an incredible amount of people to be vulnerable themselves and to reach out to me and to privately say, I have my own story. I have my own journey, whether it's a parent, a sibling, a spouse, a child. Um, I've been able to connect with a lot of people through this struggle and to be able to say that addiction is a terrible thing that any of us have to face or be challenged with, but it's something that we can all have the strength and the courage and the fortitude to to um, overcome and, and handle if, and we're in it together. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That is part of my journey and it's part of my story to have been vulnerable. And if anybody wants to hear that journey, it is on the KSL <laughs> Project to Recovery with Casey Scott back in September. And and it's a it's a story that's maybe worth listening for you. Oh, I absolutely think everybody should go listen to it. And I appreciate your vulnerability because, um, you know, there's times in my life where um, there's some really private things that we go through or experiences, and they don't always have to be 
terrible. I mean, I've had some pretty private experiences that ended up being really amazing journeys for me, but they were still private. And I chose to share, you know, my surrogacy story. And it was tough to to put that out there because, and, and again, it wasn't, it ended up a really, really neat experience and a really cool thing, but there were still really tough parts about it and really private parts about it that were hard to share. Did so because I thought there's probably a lot of people that maybe are contemplating this or thinking about what they're going to, you know, if this is an option for them, you know, and just to be totally real about it, that helps someone else. And obviously we don't, we don't overshare. We don't tell, you know, it's not a thing that, that, you know, that some people aren't entitled to hear. (laughs) Right. All all the nitty gritty parts of the story, but enough. But enough that we can help someone else along their, their path to, to make sure that, um, we're helping going along, you know, making their life a little easier by sharing what we know. So um, I appreciate you being able to, you know, being willing to sh- share that story. Uh, we are going to be right back with Shelly with some more fun conversation. <laughs> we'll be right back. We are back with Shelly, my good friend, Shelly Smith, and um, we are here talking about her and all the amazing things that she's doing. Um, and the and I just I have some really I, I hate to be like, bring all your downer experiences. <laughs> like, she's in. so fun. She's so but fun. her life's full of struggle and gloom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's exactly. So we don't have to keep talking about this, but I think people... I mean, go ahead, Tom. I'm a divorcee. <laughs> That's where I'm going next. But truthfully, like people of going, people, you know, we're talking about this off camera or off mic, but like people are going through their own private hells, and if we connect, if we share our stories, then we connect with one another and we build up that community. We, I think. That's where we, that's where we get better. That's where we help one another. And so I think I hate to bring up this stuff, but like you, you've gone through a divorce and there's so many people that have gone through a divorce or, or maybe they're saying I probably should, or I'm in a really bad marriage or whatever's happening with me at this moment. So what, like, what advice would you give someone that's maybe going through this journey? So, you know, I think the advice that I would give is everyone's journey and story is totally different. I am 100% an advocate for marriage. I believe in it. I, I believe in the family. And I think that if you can do anything to keep your marriage together, do it. If, if that means planning Friday night date nights and getting a babysitter, do it now. But there is also times that it is 100% necessary. Um, I, I lived with an addict and it was time for me to say, it's time for me to walk away from this. And I've done everything that I can to save my marriage, but it's also time for me to to grow on my own. So the advice that I would give to people is listen to your own heart. Every, nobody knows your story. Nobody knows what goes on inside of your house. Nobody knows that personal. And don't let anybody else influence or or tell you how to live or do it. But here's what I would say. If you're going through a divorce right now, or if you've been through a hard divorce, divorce is ugly. Divorce brings out the worst in people. And let the dust settle And when the dust settles, here's a couple of things that I've learned. 
recognize that you played part in the ugly. Forgive yourself for making mistakes along the way. There are things that happen that I'm like, oh, why did I behave like that? But I did forgive myself and then also give that same forgiveness to the other team, to the other camp, to the family, to the friends. There's sides that have to be picked. And learn to play nice in the sandbox and learn to love and forgive a side of divorce because there's I just don't have room in my heart to hate people. And so for me, it's been really healthy and healing to say we couldn't make it work, but let's let's still try to forgive and to make the best of, of our circumstances outside of divorce. We still have two children. We have adult children, so we're not back and forth with kids, but we've had to come to a place of, of forgiveness. So I would, I would ask people to also let the dust settle and forgive yourself and forgive other people, but then let yourself fill. You're going to one day yeah. be so happy you're divorced and single, and the next day you're going to be lonely, and then the next day you're going to be mad because you're like, I don't want to be divorced. I don't want to be single. I don't want to be getting dressed up on a date. And I don't want to be swiping left and right. And I'm mad. (laughs) I'm mad at this. And then like the other day, I'm standing in Costco and I'm looking at these married couples in Costco shopping and just a wave of grief came over me and I'm crying in Costco and I'm like, oh, let yourself fill. And that's one thing I've allowed myself to do. When, When an emotion comes, I feel it. I sit in it. When I'm happy that I'm single and I have to answer to nobody and I'm not doing anybody's laundry and I'm not, I love it and I enjoy it. And then on the days where I'm mad, some days I'm mad and some days I even send him a text and I say, I'm really mad at you. And he says, I know. And then some days I grieve and let yourself, let yourself and don't judge yourself for the emotions that you're feeling. I love that. I love that. Emma Kate and I, my daughter, have had this conversation. It's totally kind of a different angle, but she was upset about school and something that was happening and she wasn't getting the grade because she'd missed because we'd been quarantined or, you know, whatever it was. And I just said to her, Emma Kate, we are just going to give ourselves some grace this Mm -hmm. year, whatever that looks like. We're not going to worry if we don't have straight A's or whatever, you know, it's middle school. We're we're just going to give ourselves some grace this year. And I love that thought of, you know, whatever hard thing, you know, you're beating yourself up or you're having regrets or whatever it is like, just let's give ourselves some grace and let's give other people some grace. I mean, we're all we're all in this together. We're all doing hard things. So I I love that idea of grace. Let me ask you, this is just a really okay. quick question before okay. we do, before we do our rapid fire, okay. like, cause you're, you're talking about these things that I've heard a lot. Um, and I'm wondering like, where are you, who inspires you? You're talking about being, being in those emotions. Is this therapy? Are you, I mean, is that, unless that's too personal of a question, is that somebody that like is giving you this advice, like through therapy? Is this something that you've come to on your own? Where did you get the ideas to to heal this way? It's really interesting. I've only gone to counseling sessions a couple of times, and but for me, um, because I'm a runner and I spend a lot of time in the mountains, and I also practice yoga. Those are my two spiritual practices for me, and so I I think there's like this dynamic meditation that I do, and I think through just the practice of yoga and the practice of running and being alone with myself and being alone in nature, I've just, 
I don't know. I've learned to heal on my own. And trust me, this is a process. People will ask me all the time, like, do you think you're over it? And I'm like, no, I was married <laughs> for 24 years. And there's a story in that, too. There was a yeah. marriage. I, I do. I did okay. know that little marriage story. for 16 years. We divorced for four years. I remarried him for three. So there's yeah. a fun story in there. But 24 total years. No, I'm not over it, but I'm learning. It's a process. So yes, a lot of reading books, a lot of, you know, other podcasts, um, just learning how to heal. And like, like you say, giving myself grace when I'm like, ah, that one didn't work. Try a new (laughs) method. This is not working. I love that. I love that. Okay. We are going to get to the fun stuff. Okay. Fun, fun. I'm going to skip over. We've, we've talked about vulnerability enough, so I think we'll skip right (laughs) over that. I've been vulnerable (laughs) this past year. We know what that means. And we, you know, each of us have tried to be that. Uh, So let's go on to what do you think people get wrong about you? Well, what people get wrong, I think, is that that I'm deeper than I am because I walk into a room and I'm fun, I'm energetic, I'm outgoing. But what they don't know is that I'm a freaking workhorse mm. and um, I'm competitive and I'm a I'm goal oriented. And so if I have a, a something to accomplish, I am going to do it and I'm going to give you 110%. So I think people think, oh, here's the fun girl in the room. The yellow personality yeah, that comes. I, and she's, they I'm don't, actually don't not see that as red. red as they come. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, that's the best. Uh, so favorite movie? My favorite movie is still Magnolia's. I oh love my gosh. Julia Roberts. I honestly. <laughs> and all I, the women in that I movie. Can't, I can't watch it anymore. Um, my my sister in law who has CF like every time I watch oh. it like it hits me so hard I ugly cry heaving sobs like right. I can't and and Spencer if I even try to watch it he's like what are you doing like okay, don't so, do that so you want to know my favorite part you remember at the at this at the cemetery and yes. and they're walking back yep. and she's like Shelby's right my hair does look <laughs> like a football <laughs> helmet okay look at my hair my guys I do sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like Shelby's right I do have football helmet hair so and then she's like, "Here, you need to hit somebody. Hit Weezer, hit Weezer." And that would be me. I'm like, "Here, hit Abby, hit her." Oh my gosh, that's why I, I love need that to movie. Do a total reenactment. <laughs> this is the best. Oh my gosh. Okay, best concert. Oh, best concert. I'm not much of a concert goer, but. Uh... Gosh, I can't even think of one. I mean, my first concert was Chicago. Oh, well, yeah. Spencer and I went to Chicago when we were dating in high school. Like Park West, uh, Chicago. We went to, what's the one up? It was like Deer Valley. Deer Valley. I can't yeah, remember. It, it, it had a different yeah, name back outside, then. Yeah. But we sat on a hill and watched we people. Same concert. <laughs> we watched people tripping and we just laughed and laughed because it kept tripping over this route right in front of us and we would just giggle <laughs> the whole time. Of course, we were teenagers, so that was extra fun. But. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, favorite meal? Oh, my favorite meal. I am a peanut butter and honey on a rice cake every single day. And that's a meal to me. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Every day I love it. I like that. Anything peanut butter. I used to do peanut butter and apple. Oh, yeah. I do that too. Yeah. Peanut butter doesn't do good for me anymore. I don't know why. Doesn't like me. (laughs) I don't know if it's like an allergy now. It's weird. Um, Okay. What's on your nightstand? Oh, on my nightstand, I have a picture of my boys and Annika. Annika is Kai's girlfriend. So picture, I have a lamp and three books. There's always three books. What's your books? What do you you have now? Right now, I am reading Eat Smart. 
Oh. And then Untamed. I just finished Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I've heard of that one. In fact, on a podcast I just listened to. And so that one I wrote down. And I'm not sure I can listen to it because I've heard heard her talk about it. Okay, fantastic. It's a game changer. But it might be a little... It might be a little raw for some people, so I'm yeah. not going to give the, the I'm not going to give the um, recommendation. I mean, it is yeah. the Shelly Smith recommendation, and we have to remind the podcast listeners that I am a shoulder bearing, coffee drinking Utah girl. Yes. So that I'm going to give recommendations that you might not give. And then the other book I'm reading is um, um, Stamped. Oh, the, I just finished that. So, I just finished that. Did you it. do the whole big, the long I'm version? Doing the big long yeah. version. That's I just did Audible. Oh yeah, but um, so fascinating and so much to think about. So much to think wow. about. That's a game yeah. changer for me too. That was a good one. Okay, so a snapshot of an ordinary moment that gives you true joy. A snapshot of an ordinary moment. Um, well, ordinary moments for me are every day in my life, but that gives me true joy would definitely be, I am a baseball fan. And so anytime I am sitting watching, my son plays college baseball. So anytime I'm sitting out watching baseball, that's a snapshot of just joy for me. Oh, I, I actually love baseball. We're, I'm going to come to, I'm going to sneak into one of Kai's games. If Remember, they'll I'm be gonna, at BYU. I'll pretend to be a parent. <laughs> He'll claim me as a parent, right? Yes, he will. <laughs> be so good. I do. I actually do love baseball. And I do too. Baseball. I just like going to. There's nothing better than sitting in a baseball park. When we were, when we were in Spencer was in law school, but we were clerking in North Carolina one summer and had this minor league team and the and the the firm that he was working for used to give him tickets whenever he wanted this little and so Gavin was a baby and we'd go to the to the game and we'd go to the first like five innings because he's a baby you know he's like eight months old and so then that's as that's as long as he lasted and then everybody's kind of drunk around you so then you're like I guess it's time time to go It gets a little more rowdy with the baby after that, yeah. and so we would we take. But I loved it. That's what I, I baseball is it. one of those sports, though, that you can sit out in the sun, you can eat your food, you don't really have to pay total attention yeah. because it's a slower game. Yeah, and people always say it's so boring, and I just tell people you're not smart enough to understand That's it. Right. If yes. you think it's boring. <laughs> I love it. Baseball is for the for the intelligent. <laughs> so one one last thing. Okay. Um, what are you grateful for? Abby, I'm grateful for you, actually. Oh. I really am. This has been a friendship that I hope as as the podcast goes on that people will understand and we'll be able to dive deeper into our connection and how I got from um, where I was a couple of years ago to where I am now. But I truly am grateful for you and the governor. I'm grateful for what you've done for me and my family over the past two years. And I'm grateful that you and the governor are leading our state right now and that you are teaching the citizens that I want them to understand that you truly are the most genuine people, that you are inclusive, that you are loving, and that the things that you are going to be bringing out on this podcast are real and they're raw. You want people to be connected with empathy and with love and compassion And I really am grateful for you because I have learned so much from you over the past two years that I'm a better human being just just by being just by being friends with you. And I hope that everyone that this is something that everyone will become friends with you through the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Shelley. This has just been such an honor today, my dear friend. And we will, uh, you will get to know my friend Shelley and 
Dawn and Jeanette and Kirsten, you'll get to know these friends and you'll come to love them like I do. And I hope we can share the most amazing experiences with you as an audience. So I hope you had as much fun as I did today getting to know these amazing women. We're so excited to bring you along on our journey. You can find South Jordan's own Mayor Don Ramsey at DonMama6 on Twitter and Instagram. Shelly Smith is on Instagram at Shelly Love to Run and Twitter at Shelly Smith Bush. You can subscribe to our podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for being a friend.